Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? Uh, what the fucking Asians? What the fuckalties? No, I like that one. They keep coming in. I seem to be reading them and using them. So uh, you're free to send them. I am Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thank you for joining me here. I'm in my garage. I don't know where you are, but I hope it's going well. Or I hope it's it's tolerable. Or I hope that uh, you know, you're not too on the fence and that fence isn't dangerous. I'm here for you, man, woman, kids, whatever it may be. A lot of you uh, people saw me on Louie last week and many tweets and many compliments. I appreciate that. I had a great time doing it. I'd like to clear up some stuff uh, about that scene. Uh, I, I think I'm free to give you my experience of shooting an episode of Louie. And that's perhaps something uh, you people <laughs> would would want to hear. But first, let me tell you who's on the show today. Sebastian Monascalco who goes by uh, the name Sebastian on the show. Always an interesting guy to me. I used to see him at the comedy store. He's very put together. He's very clean. I think I could use the word anal, very focused, very structured to the point where, you know, his hair is in place, but in a way that's a, that's comedic. I don't know that he would consider that, Uh, but I I always found it an interesting, uh, he's an interesting character and I'll be talking to him in a few minutes. Let me get you up to speed on where I'm performing. I will be at the Trippany house here at the Steve Allen theater in Los Angeles, August 14th, uh, doing an hour of, uh, of material. I'm trying to work out if you'd like to come to that. I will be at the Blue Bridge Comedy Festival in Victoria, BC. Uh, That's August 17th and 18th. I will be at back at the Trippany doing a Similar hour of stand-up on August 21st. And then on the 28th, we're doing a live WTF that features, if I can remember it, Ari Spears, Jake Fogelnest, Dave Hill, Jim Earl's going to be there. And there's another one. I got it. TJ Miller. I don't know that guy. And quite frankly, he uh, he generally makes me a little uncomfortable. So I, I, I think that's going to be, uh, you know, something interesting because I've never really talked to him. He's he's a, He's a funny fellow. And he's, he has very odd energy that makes me a little squirrely. So that should be a good show to go to on August 28th uh, at the Trippany House. So look, all right. So you guys saw Louie. Uh, there's been a lot of questions about the Louie episode I was in. You know, how much of it was it real? Was, uh, was there still tension? Um, nice legs because I wore, I wore my boxers. Uh, and if this is a spoiler for you people, then go watch it. All right, it was last week. If it's sitting on your TiVo and you can't find the 22 minutes to watch it, it's not on me. And I'm only going to talk about my scene. Let me, I'll, I'll tell you how it, it, it all unfolded. Now, many of you have heard the Louis C.K. episodes of my show. If you haven't, they're available on iTunes. You can go do the, uh, do the search on WTF uh, Premium, I think. And those uh, episodes are available. And we work through a lot of stuff, but a lot of people speculate. They they speculate as to whether or not we ever followed up on our friendship or we ever uh, really made amends during that show. Is, is everything okay with us? And I am here to tell you, yes, it is. It is okay with us. We, we, we talk occasionally. And when he emailed me to ask me if I wanted to be in a scene in the show, I was thrilled because he had asked me during the second season if I wanted to be in a scene in the show. And I was thrilled as well. But he said, okay, uh, you have to be here in two hours. <laughs> you you got to leave for New York tomorrow morning. And I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. I got uh, other, other commitments. 
But this time, yeah, I was going to be in New York, and it all worked out. So he sent me the scene. It was the scene you saw. Now, I don't know what to expect when I get to a shoot. I, I was given, uh, you know, I wasn't calling Louie. I was not, you know, the needy actor guy or the fucked up friend who's like, no, wait, what, 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 am I going to meet you at the place or what? You know, I did it. I was professional. I'm not a fucking fool. You know, I, it was organized to his production people. And then I was told where to go. I showed up. I think it was at 1030 or 11 o'clock in the morning on a street. Didn't know how long I would have to wait. Brought a couple of shirts. Just, uh, you know, I didn't know what, what was needed to me wardrobe wise. And I figured I'd be spending the day there. I saw Louis like, oh, I'm great. I'm glad you're here. And, uh, you know, we're going to be shooting in a minute. I'm just finishing up this other scene. And then uh, I went upstairs. It's all very small production. There's one camera. There's a set person. There's a production people. There's the wardrobe person. There was food there, which is always good for me. Well, can I eat that while I'm waiting? Yeah, yeah. Eat all you want. Okay. I've got the whole day available to eat this free food. So we go up into the apartment where they shoot the scene and uh, I've got my script and Louis got his script. They set up the camera. The only thing I had in my head for this scene, you know, cause I was pretty much playing myself was, uh, was wearing boxers. I, I because I'm in a strange apartment. It obviously wasn't shot in my house. It was supposed to be my apartment in New York. I'd brought a poster or two. They had some artwork that uh, someone did of me. And I just wanted to wear boxers because I, I didn't know if I was going to be comfortable in that space because it's not my space. It was clearly someone else's space, but I wanted to feel comfortable. So I wanted to wear my underwear and my socks. That's why I said to Louis, I, he says, I said, what do you want me to wear? Do you think I, I can wear boxers? I think I should wear boxers. And he said, yeah, I, uh, yeah, wear boxers. Great. But then I had a problem. I don't want my cock in the shot. I would prefer if my my penis did not come out of the boxer fly is there anybody who can uh is there underwear around i need a pair of underwear to wear under my boxers so we don't get the uh the cock shot you know what i mean i got enough to worry about okay and of course wardrobe usually has packages of underwear for exactly this type of purpose either to 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 have extra underwear for people i don't know who shit their pants or don't want whatever this doesn't need to get disgusting but they had extra underwear, and I was really assuming that I'd get a package of new underwear. I mean, how much could they cost? But the wardrobe person gave me clearly a washed pair of used underwear. And that was a little, it was a little off-putting. But, you know, the budget is the budget, and this is the way it works. And, you know, I've certainly, you know, my, my junk has been in pretty junky places. And a pair of washed underwear that may have been used is, uh, you know, d- didn't really freak me out. So I put on my boxers and I went through the scene. Louis explained to me uh, the sequence that the uh, that the scene was involved in. We went over the lines a few times uh, and then we, we got right to it. We started shooting. Now, another question is improvising. What was there improv? Well, no, Louis wanted to stay pretty much to the script. But towards the end, we did a couple of reads. They shot it a couple of times. I was moving too fast. The only direction that Louis really gave me was when he had his beat not to talk over it, to shut up. And, and let that, that beat build. If you know the scene where I tell him that he had said what he'd said before, there's a moment there where he sort of is stunned and pulling his thoughts together. And he just wanted to make sure that that moment had a nice build. So that was really the only direction there. And then the scene at the door, the great moment in this scene for both of us, I think, was we did it a few times and we got most of the the shots done. And then there was the exit shot where he's leaving. And I say, you know, I could uh, you could give me a, a call or whatever. And, and one of the scenes when we did it, when we ran through it, as, as Louis was walking out, he just out of nowhere said, how you doing? You, you know, that was the moment where he was going to check in with my life as he was leaving the house. And my response was, oh, thanks. Fine. That's very nice of you. 
And we left that. So that was really the only improvised bit of business that sort of became part of the scene because it was so fucking perfect. And that's the way that went. And the amazing thing is that I was in and out of there within two and a half hours. Louis is at the, he knows exactly what he wants. He's directing it. And, you know, he's, he's getting the angles in his head. Boom, boom, boom. Like two and a half hours. It was unbelievable. Now, in terms of Louis and I, uh, our friendship, uh, things are great. You know, when I was in New York, when we shot the scene, he had some time the next day. I went over to his house. He showed me some footage. We ate some uh, uh, Chinese Cuban chicken and rice. I took a ride with him downtown. I saw his ex-wife and his kids for the first time in a million years. Look, Louis and I have known each other for probably almost 25 years now. And I was you know, thinking about our relationship and what people think of our relationship in terms of... Uh, you know, the interviews we did, but I know very few people for as long as I've known him. I, if you really think about the number of people, you know, in your life and how many relationships have actually you know, stood up to the test of time or, or even politely, politely, how many people do you check in from? I, I mean, I'm 48 years old and uh, there's a few people in my life that I've known half my life, but there's very few of them that it, I maintain a relationship with. So I don't think that, uh, you know, whatever uh, Louis and I experience is any different than anyone else's, uh, you, you know, long term, you know, friendships. I mean, you start to live different lives. It's harder to check in. Life gets away from you. All of a sudden you're looking down, you know, behind you 20, 25 years and you're like, holy shit, what's going on? But I do think that the episodes I did with him in that conversation certainly was a turning point for us. And and certainly um, uh, we do uh, we do keep in touch now. And it's a it's a beautiful thing. If you can get a couple of people in your life that you've known for that long, and when you get back together, you're not strangers, and it doesn't take long to get back to where you were, into that groove, uh, you know that's something that you should cherish. Life is short. There's only a few of those if you're lucky. Oh, I forgot. The one other thing that I improvised was um, when, uh, you know, after we got done talking, sitting down, and I said, so are we good? Uh, I did uh, I did throw that in. And uh, again, for clarification, uh, Louis and I are good. We're good. Sebastian. Mark. What is your last name? Maniscalco. Maniscalco. See, I fucked that up over and over again. Everybody does. Is that why you you, got, you just go with Sebastian? Sometimes I have to because nobody <laughs> understands the last name. Maniscalco. Yeah, it's not that hard when you actually break it down sure, into I, fourths. But yeah. at, at, when you first look at it, you're like, oh, I say that about Marin, but people can't seem to get that right. Moran, <laughs> Marin, Moron. I don't fucking understand it. You know, it's weird because when I moved to LA and I just started hanging around when I got, I don't remember what year it was, but I remember going into the comedy store. I remember seeing you. And then like a few days later, I went to the Four Seasons for a meeting and you were working there. And it was one of those moments where I was like, he's a funny guy. I'm not going to say hello to him in this situation. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do that to him. I'm just going to remember him as a comedian and let this go. Did you work there for a long time? I worked there uh, ninety eight to two thousand five. So really, yeah, that's how I uh, I, I paid my bills. And, yeah, of course. And, well, uh, I mean, you got to work, but it was one of those weird times where because you're so together on stage and you had such a thing going. When I saw you there, I was like, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna let that. I'm not gonna embarrass a guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> Believe me, it wouldn't have been the first time. I mean, really? Don Irera's come in there. Well, it's a big like, meeting place for, yeah. for industry people. Mm-hmm. Have you had, you have, did you Everybody. Have, you, did you have to wait on people? Oh, yeah. Dom, I waited on Dom. Did he, uh, and he knew you from the thing? Well, I, I, I was starting to talk to Dom. I go, you know, Dom, I'm a you know, big fan. And yeah. I'm, you know, inspiring comedian yeah. myself. And he was meeting with the Montreal Comedy right. Festival. People. Bruce Hills. Bruce Hills. Yeah. And I'm trying to get on the show. You know, it's hard, it's hard when you're a yeah. waiter and yeah. you're also doing comedy to validate that right. you're really good because right. you're still waiting tables. Right. So, uh, you know, me and Dom talked to this day about, you know, how yeah. he saw me and he's like, yeah, when you told me you're a comedian, I'm like, oh, here's another waiter who's a comedian trying to get in the, <laughs> right. in the you, game. You talk to him about it, it means he busts your balls about it still. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's wild that you saw me there. Yeah, everybody has come in there. It, it is a huge meeting place. I've waited on everybody. And yeah. I actually used to do comedy during my break. I, I, I used to leave the Four Seasons and then do my set at the comedy store in my uniform and then run back and pick up my tables again which is virtually unheard of for the four seasons i mean they got like such a standard of service uh-huh. over there. how'd you get away with that you know I, I told my boss i said i didn't come out here to wait tables yeah. you know and i looked at it as if i was going to miss a spot at the comedy store i would be missing a and growth of material you never know who's going to be in the audience right so we kind of worked it out i said let me let me go on break and uh i'll go do comedy i come back and the guy was really good about it how the hell were you able to pull that off with that fucking place it took 33 minutes to do the whole thing to, to get to my car, to do the set, to come back. But They're, would you have to call Tommy and say, how are you running? You on time? Yeah. Could you, you get me up? So yeah. You'd have to call the store first and say, mm-hmm. where are you at? Mm-hmm. And then decide when to take your break. Yeah. I'd be like, where is he? Uh, you know, Bobby Lee just got up. Uh, he's in eight minutes in. I said, okay, I'm leaving. And then I would <laughs> time it just so when I got out of the car, I took my name tag off and boom, I was on stage. Is that when you started dressing well on stage? Uh, <laughs> I always I always used to dress I, I don't know I came from a family who really dressed up nice and presented themselves well because so. you're one of those guys like I was I was afraid that you were gonna get dirty here I was afraid that you were gonna walk in and go oh it's fucking filthy in here well no I had to bring some Clorox bleach plaids <laughs> with me but uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> no I'm, I, I always grew up neat clean that's kind of the, the the thing in my in my house growing up it but it's like, also part of your personality you're a little like i don't know how to explain it you, you have a very unique style it's very controlled i don't want to say anal but you seem very clean up there and you talk about it a little bit right yeah it's i i'm, I'm a very neat guy i always like things in order um you know yeah you know, and, and everything a lot of people, in the house stacked nice clean. nice thing if i if like i know people are coming over things are going to be <laughs> Neat. Put it yeah. this way. There wouldn't be a loose bag. All right. Let me, I, let me take that away. <laughs> Are you one of those people that like, you're sitting here going, when the fuck is he going <laughs> to no, bag? No. Is there a bag here? No, no. Not at all. <laughs> where'd, you, where'd you come from? Uh, I grew up in uh, Chicago, Illinois. and uh, Right in the city? Well, Harlem and Belmont. I spent uh, like, you know, six, seven years there. And then we moved out to the suburbs of Arlington Heights. Yeah. And, uh, you know, grew up in a middle class family. Uh, my father's a hairstylist. My mother was a... a really? A, I've never heard that before in my life. A hairstylist or a barber? Mm-mm. See, it's two Hairst- different things. <laughs> you can't call my dad a barber. He'll, it's a whole different thing. This guy oh, yeah. styles hair. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't use clippers. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, he had his own salons, and then uh, my mother is a secretary, or was a secretary at, yeah. uh, at a school, and, uh, you know, it wasn't, uh, no drama in the family. Literally. Other than your father being a hairstylist. Yeah. Well, that's I, fairly dramatic. Well, I, I didn't think so. No? I, I just thought that was the norm. He came home with gel, and I was like, oh, this is a good, this is a good styling. So, he had a, so that's where you got it, I guess. That's where I got it. Yeah. So, he had a, like a, like a real, like a salon where upscale salon had some people working for him yeah did he have a a, a fancy name Montescalco's well, already pretty fancy well it's him and his brother so it was called luigi and salvo hair studio nice which could also be a pizzeria mm-hmm. but uh that was the name of one sebastiano's was the name of another another one. Oh yeah so, so what do you deal with mostly upscale women upscale yeah i mean it, it was it wasn't really Super high end, mm-hmm. but it was one of those places where you came in, you put a robe on, and yeah. you got your hair done, and it was you know an experience. I love that. I've only known one other guy who's, uh, whose father was in hair, Blaine Capatch. You know him? He's a comedian. No. But his father was like a rural barber, worked out of the house. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so you didn't have any of that, the blue liquid with no. the combs in it? No, that was no. my grandfather. He You're... was a barber. Really? Yeah. So this was passed down. This is passed down. I don't know what happened to me, but uh, your grandfather was a barber. Did he have an old barber shop? Oh yeah, did shaves and everything. Yeah, yeah. Where was that in Chicago? Sicily. In Sicily. Sicily. So you're yeah. only two generations out. My father was born in Sicily, and he came here when he was 15. And uh, I recently went back and actually saw the old barber shop, which is now a travel agency. Oh, so. heartbreaking. You went to act with your dad. Yeah. So he had to go look at it with that weird sadness. It's like when he grew up. I, in- I was crying. Really? I swear, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I've never been to uh, Sicily. Yeah. He hasn't been back since he left 50 years ago. Really? So here he is. We have a time. I had the time to take my father to Italy. I'm like, let's go see where you know you came from. And he's telling me, this is where I learned ping pong. This is you know where I played soccer. And I, I had to take a knee. Yeah. You know, it was just yeah. like... And, wow, and yeah. he was like, what's going on? I go, Dad, it's a little too much. You know, yeah. I, I, I heard of all this stuff growing up, and right. now here we are seeing it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it, 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 I guess hair was in the family. My, my uncle does hair. My father does hair. My grandfather uh-huh. did hair. I, uh-huh. I just uh, I never Seriously, I never, I, I can't. I've been to, uh, I've been to uh, Italy, but only, I've been to Rome and Florence and Umbria. But Sicily's its own thing, right? Yeah, it's its own little, uh, its own little island over there. Do you have? Yeah, I mean, do, do, and you've never been there. That must be a trip. Because I remember my father when he uh, he wanted to go see his old house in Jersey City. You know, I drove him back there, and it was during a very bad point in Jersey City's history. And he's like, "I'm gonna get out and take a look." I'm like, "Stay in the car. We'll just do a drive by." <laughs> And that's that. Sit still, yeah. Yeah. but he, So how long did you spend in Italy? We were there two weeks. I went to Rome and Florence as well, and then we went to the Amalfi Coast. Food is good, right? Oh, well, the further south you get, the better the food is. South, and Sicily's the south as you go, right? Yeah, and it, it, the food is amazing. Like, what, what's uh, what, what's Sicilian dishes? Uh, pasta con sardi, which is a pasta made with sardines uh-huh. and a red sauce. Yeah. They also make phenomenal gelato on a uh, brioche. It's like an ice cream sandwich, right? but it's like a brioche sure, bread. sure. Um. Yeah, it, the the pasta dishes are pretty much the uh, the do you, staple. Do you and, cook? And uh, I try. I mean, I I don't do it a lot, but when I when I when I'm home and I got a little time, I might make a little pasta. I might grill some steak, make a nice side sure. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I I fucking wish I could cook. Yeah, nothing. I mean, I can do all right. I mean, I know how to do it, but I wish I knew how to. Like, I had this opportunity. They want me to maybe be on a celebrity Chopped. Oh, do that. 
But what? I'm not that good. Mm. I mean, what am I? How, how am I going to last a round? I guess it's it's fine if I, I don't want to make a fool out of myself. Believe me, you can make pull a mess. it off. You can pull it off. You can't pull a dish together. No, I can pull a dish together if it's not too complicated. I'm a little worried about dessert. I mean, dessert's the tough one. Yeah, you got to do a dessert. Yeah, you got to do. You ever watch Chopped? You got to do the appetizer, then the entree, then dessert. I mean, I'm fucked on dessert. I can't bake. I can't do anything that creative. I'm just going to make a mess. Maybe I can fake my way through an appetizer and an entree. Maybe. Yeah, I think you could get through that. But yeah, dessert, maybe apple pie, uh, something. Yeah, something yeah, just maybe, easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe I should do it. I don't know. Oh, I would. Fuck. Yeah. So when you, how old, How you've been out here a long time. So how old, you're a little, you're like 10 years younger than me. What are you, 38? Uh, I'm 38. Yeah. I've been out here in 98. I got out here. So you've been out here, oh, 12. So you came out when you were in your 20s. 24. I came out, I graduated college. And then What'd you study in college? Corporate Organizational Communications out of Northern Illinois That's University. One of those vague, uh, yeah. what, what does that mean? Don't corporate. Know. <laughs> it's the only school I could get, could get into. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was the major you chose? Corporate Organizational Communications. First it was accounting. Okay. Didn't do well there. Yeah. Uh, then it was journalism. Right. Failed the journalism test to get into the journalism school. And right. then at that point, I was like, "What? What? what just get me in. Yeah. Just let me get a major." Because I knew I was going to do comedy throughout pretty much my whole life. You did? Yeah. I just knew it was in me. Yeah. You know. I, I don't know. I, I used to. I wasn't the class clown. I just told a lot of funny stories at the kitchen table. Right. And that's kind of my first audience. You got a big family. My mother, my father, my sister, that's it. Oh, okay. So, you know, where a lot of kids just maybe ate and then ran to go play right. with their friends, I ate and sat there for two hours and talked about what happened at school. Uh-huh. And I just I just love telling stories. But were you a fan of people? Were you a fan of comedy? Fan. Loved Johnny Carson. I would sit up late and watch Johnny Carson. Yeah. Loved his monologues. Yeah. Just grew up on... You know, John Ritter of Three's Company, loved the physicalness of him, even yeah. though he wasn't stand up. I just loved the way his, his face could tell a story. Right. And uh, yeah, always a, always a fan of comedy. Loved to laugh. Yeah. I love to laugh. Yeah. And uh, didn't know how I was going to get into it coming from the suburbs of Chicago. My dad's a hairstylist. You know, I, how do you get into entertainment? You don't know. It was foreign to <laughs> no me. No one knows. No one knows. I just think you come out here. <laughs> <laughs> you come out here and someone shows up and goes, you're the guy. Come on. They got a place for you to stand. Here's a microphone. Yeah. It's kind of this. That's really the story. But wait a minute. Let's get back to corporate organizational communications. What the fuck does that even mean? It's I mean, what? what? Human resources, maybe? I don't know. I, I, you, do, you, you got the major in it. Yeah. We just did like projects. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you. I, I used to tell people it's like marketing. Yeah, that's it. And Nothing. that's the same thing. I don't know what that means I, either. I don't know either. You don't, did you uh, get anything out of it that you that helped you at all? Friends. I that's got it. friends out that's of college. It? That's about it. I mean, I wasn't a big student. Where'd you go? Northern Illinois, NIU, and DeKalb, oh, Illinois. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know anything about that. I don't. I do know that uh, it's very. You know, there's certain parts of Illinois that are very white and and sort of thick but yeah when further you get out from chicago yeah it was a lot there's a lot of thickness in, <laughs> yeah in northern illinois so where was the first time you did comedy at northern illinois i opened up for the uh, headlining comedian that was coming to the school they had a contest yeah of who you know who wants to open up and do 10 minutes in front of the so i went and i won the contest and i and i opened up who it was, was it uh, you his, don't remember his his signature was Arr! Oh. Pirate, uh, bald head guy. Oh yeah, God, I don't know his name. Was he from Boston? 
Don't, don't Herg. know. Herg. And he was bald headed. Oh man, don't you? It doesn't. You're not. You never I, researched it. I looked it up long time Would ago. Would you look up Arg bald comic I, bald comedian pirate? I think. <laughs> <laughs> he showed he showed up, but I don't remember the name. So you did that, and how did, much did you do? What'd you do? Did like five to seven. It was awful. It was all, primarily a black crowd, and they started screaming "Sandman," and I didn't know what the hell "Sandman" was. Was the headliner black? No, no. Oh. But uh, everybody that came to the show pretty much was uh, a black crowd. Wait, at college? At college. I don't know why, but it was just that's the way it was. It was a college gig that apparently the black people came yeah, to. Yeah, and they, they didn't like any of it. No, they didn't want. They didn't want it. <laughs> How'd the headliner do? Uh, he did good. Yeah, he did good. But you know, Nothing? the first time, I yeah. didn't know what I was doing. You'd, ne- you'd never done anything. To, you'd never, never. You just, just, you had some ideas in your head. Yeah, figured. Yeah, you know, I tell the joke about how nobody pays attention to the car alarm when it's going off in the in the parking lot, and it, it, that was like one of the premises. Yeah, and, and, and it died. It <laughs> died. It was bad sweat. It was bad. You had to do it again, though, right? You had to do it again, though. I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like you don't become a bodybuilder overnight. You got to, you know. You you knew that all along? I knew it. I just knew it. It just, I had it in me. Yeah, you didn't. I just had to find it. Oh, really? You never got that sort of like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? I'm an idiot. No, I. I, You seem very focused and very confident. It bothers me. But, you know, it's okay. You know, I, I mean, I, I can, I can live with it. Uh, well, good. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you can. By the way, I brought you. I, 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 oh shit! What do you got? I got uh, some chocolates. Oh god um, damn! That's very nice of you. I don't know if you're into chocolates, but what's this inside is, of those? Nuts, like walnuts. There goes. I guess this isn't day one of the four hour body. No, the, this is the best chocolates and that's I've salt, ever had. Is that salted? Salt. Oh yeah. Christ! When did they sea salt? When did they start putting salt on chocolate? Salt. When did sea salt become popular? I don't know. So you come out here, how many times, and then where'd you end up doing stand-up? Like, did you do Black Rooms, or did you do uh-uh. Chicago? You you did that one time in college, you graduate college, you're like, fuck it, I'm coming out here. Graduated college, worked for United Airlines Employees Credit Union as a temp employee, mm-hmm. and then I worked at night at a place called the Living Room Waiting Tables. I saved up enough money, I saved up uh, $10,000 to come out here in 98 March. Uh, I got a place on Fuller in Hollywood. Uh, right by the Runyon Canyon. Right. And then I uh, started taking a comedy class no. at the comedy store with Sandy Shore. Really? And the Sandbox. And this so was, this Paulie's, was the, sister, Paulie's sister, Mitzi's daughter, yeah. was teaching a comedy, comedy class. class. Outside and, of the comedy store, in the belly room. Right, and you didn't know better. I didn't know better. I go, this is my thinking. Yeah. Sandy Shore, sis, uh, daughter of Mitzi. Right. She likes me. Right. I maybe get into the, you know, this is my way into the comedy. She's story. a little nuts though, right? Well, she she had said right from the get-go, uh, me and my mother don't get along. And then I'm thinking, that's it. There's $600 I just blew <laughs> on the comedy class. Right. But actually, it did it did help me, you know, find a nice little safe place to, you know, talk to people, the classmates on stage. I would come in with my new material every Sunday. and Any and of those it. guys still in the game or what? Mm, I don't see any of them. And my class, uh, I don't see any of the people I took class. So, class with. so well, you're able to do. I don't understand what a comedy. What happens in a comedy class? It's basically a safe environment for sure. you to do sure. stand up comedy in front of ten other comics, yeah. or however many people are in yeah. the class. 
And you're in the belly room, which yeah. is the room I auditioned in when I auditioned at the store. I was getting like, you know, the 130 spots and, and did whatnot. You, was she, I, uh, did she have her shit together or was it already kind of scrambled? Well, when I met her, uh, it was 98 and I, I got passed and I, I didn't even know about Door Guy or nothing. I just knew I had an audition for Mitzi Shore right. and I, I came and did five and then I came back and did seven and then I got passed as a regular. I just started getting my little spots. And she talked to you? She thought I was. A, then I came. Then I started coming back a, a week after I got passed. I saw her in the kitchen. I had a full suit on. Yeah. And she thought I was an agent. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, okay, I'll just play like I'm an agent because right. I don't want to say, hey, you passed me last week. I, I don't know. I just played like, yeah, everything's great. <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't really. I, I I fear the woman. I I don't know how to. I didn't know how to speak to her. I, I, I was just very, like, I I would bow. Join and, the fucking club. Yeah, I would bow. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then leave. I mean, it was. But, but where the hell does that come from? I don't know. It, it, it's her, the Because energy. it's only a certain people. You, you know, it's only it's only comedy store guys. I mean, I had that for years. I mean, you'd work the door, and God forbid someone was in her fucking parking space or in her goddamn booth, or else you didn't know what was going to happen. She's like this this queen of this empire, but it only affects people who somehow lock into it. I mean, some people go into that place and they're like, "This place is fucking creepy," and they're gone. But guys like us, you know, you start out there, you you, you believe, you know, you just look around that place, you're like, "Oh, this is home," and she apparently is the queen of this, and you act like a moron in front of her. You're like, "Oh, there she is," I oh, terrified. Yeah, but now she's barely cognizant, and you're still terrified. Terrified. Isn't don't- that bizarre? Because you don't know whether she's going to take away what you have. Yeah. That's what it really comes down yeah, to. Yeah, well, that, that, there's a power there. Yeah, just out of nowhere, she's going to be like, ah, his hair is funny. I don't want to kick him out for a year. Yeah. And then you're for no fucking reason. You're like, what just happened? I don't know. You did something with your teeth. <laughs> and you're like, oh, the fuck? I'm that guy now? Yeah. And then you're the guy whining. I can't come back. I didn't have a, my, my, uh, my jacket was wrong. And I don't fucking know. That's the scariest thing is that you're going to be uh, sort of exiled for bullshit. Yeah. But you never happened, huh? Never yeah, got fucking. Never got. Uh, they were very good to me at the comedy store. Now, very what good to me. did did Dice have any influence on you? Yeah. And people ask that of you. Yeah. Because it seems that you know, I mean, you're obviously different, but there's something about the calculation of your movements and the the clip phrasing and the very articulated uh, uh, kind of performance that you go through. It's a little like uh, a little reminiscent. Yeah. Um, I grew up on him, although I wasn't allowed to listen to him because he was filthy and whatnot. I, I, I'm not. I'm not a filthy. I don't like filthy humor. It's not really my style. But you don't the, like it as a listener, or you don't like doing it. I don't like doing it. It's not. It's not really what I'm about. But I, I, I enjoyed kind of sneaking a dice uh, clay record when he was coming up. Like, oh, I, I for some reason I thought it was very unique and whatnot. Right. And uh, I definitely think uh, he had an influence on me. Um, but I mean, this is how. I mean, this is how I kind of speak yeah. generally. So I don't know if it's part of me and part of listening to him or whatnot. I worked with him for three or four years on the road, opening up for him. You did? Yeah. He, uh, there's another guy I was scared of. Well, he's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I had him in here. And uh, for whatever reason, you, you, just, you just know he's just not going to take any shit. And you don't want to be on his bad side for any reason. Because he's a little like Mitzi in that. Like, how am I going to piss him off? What am I going to do? Yeah. Right? So he's coming over here. It's the middle of summer. And all I'm thinking is like, I don't got air conditioner in here. He's going to like be aggravated. And I'm going to have to listen to him going, there's no fucking air conditioner. You know, that was my biggest fear about having him sit there was that he was going to be uncomfortable. For the air conditioner. <laughs> Very intimidating guy. 
Yeah. How'd you get the gig opening for him? Comedy store. He, uh, I guess, kind of came in. What year was this? This is 2003, 2004. So you're like four years, five years in? Yeah. You got how much time? I don't know. Maybe 15, 20? 15, 20, if that. And he, I guess, liked what I was doing, and he came up to me in the, in the parking lot. He's like, uh, what, are you, uh, what are you doing next week? You want to do Vegas? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't care what the pay I didn't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, let's yeah. go do it. Yeah. And then I went, and he was performing at the Stardust at the Wayne Newton Theater at yeah. the time. Yeah. And this is like, you know, I called home, and they, they thought I made it. Yeah, sure. And my mother's like, this is it. You could quit now. Right, uh, you're, you're done. You're, you're, you're you. playing Las Vegas. <laughs> so I opened up for him, and I, in my head, thought this was going to be a whole different experience than what actually happened. I'm thinking, Dice Clay, Las Vegas, we're going to do the show we're going to party. It's going to be a ball. I didn't know the guy. Yeah. So we get to Vegas, and he's got a house, and he's like- um, He got a house there? Yeah, he's got a house there. Uh-huh. And he's like, we're going to go shopping. <laughs> you know what? I thought we were going to go to a casino. So we literally shopped for three or four days looking for couches and furniture for his home. And he would have me go sit on the couch. Go, go sit on the couch. How does that feel? Lay down. So, Go dice. It's four thousand dollar couch. It's gonna feel better than anything I've ever sat on. Yeah. So we shopped. Yeah. And then I said, "Why are we going out?" He goes, "Going out? I go out. I go home. <laughs> what?" So, but did, uh, he, did he find a couch? Yeah. No. We we we, we furnished his whole place. <laughs> couch, carpeting. Oh, the carpeting was a it was a, uh, was unbelievable. He would put in carpeting, and then he didn't like it. Had to take it out next day. It was so. How did you manage? So, you, you how much did you tour with him? Uh, about two years, two and a half years. So a lot of gigs. Yeah, we did. You know, the Vegas a lot. We did uh, the Indian casinos a lot. We we went out now. With, at that time, when I knew him, when I was a doorman, I always used to. I noticed what he did. You know, he'd gather people. He always had this, you know, this roving, roving band of freaks with him. Mm. And everybody had a nickname. And I used to make a joke. I was like, don't get too close to Dice or you're going to end up with a nickname. Did you have one? Uh, he called me at first um, Chaz. Chaz? Was it Chaz? <laughs> For no reason. Or no, Cesare. Cesare? That was... <laughs> And you just, you just... It was a character in a movie. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and Dice actually told me, he goes, you know what you should do? And I don't know if he was joking or whatnot. He goes, you know, you got a good build on you. What you do is you put like a cucumber or something in your pants and don't even say nothing. Go on stage and just think, you know, like just let, let the f- showcase the cock. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, I'm actually, this is like, I'm four years in. I'm thinking, why not? should I do that? <laughs> Is that what it's going to take? You know, I don't know. It was... Uh, yeah, that's so funny. Because like when I first auditioned in the store, Mitzing said, you're a poet. You should wear a scarf. <laughs> and and I, I swear to God, for about three weeks, I fucking wear a scarf. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming... Fear? The fear? Oh, yeah, man, I thought, well, what do I know? Maybe she's right. You, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, she just had these random moments. You know, she tells some guy, you should get a puppet. You, you never know. You, I figure a scarf's better than a puppet. Yeah. <laughs> 
I can handle a scarf. Was was it an ascot or was it like no, a winter? Just, I just, like I a winter. I didn't. Scarf. I didn't go into detail with oh, it. Not okay. a winter, but you know, just yeah, a, like a little dress scarf. Yeah, a dress scarf. Yeah, it was not my bag, but I was open to it. Did you ever put a cucumber? No, in? I never did it. I did never you, did it. How long did he ride you on that Cesare? Uh, that, was, that was a that was a good month and a half, two months with the cucumber. You gotta do the cucumber. I said I may be nice. Man. I didn't know. I was like an uncomfortable laugh. I would go, hey, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But uh Oh shit. Yeah, he, he, he he's was such a he character. Wild. You know, I tell you, man, out of all the you know, backlash about him and and whatever anyone said about him, like you know, I remember in his heyday, like I was a doorman at the store when he was popping. You know, mm-hmm. I, I saw Kennison go up and become big, and then right after that, you know, Dice, you know, was, would pop just as big. So I saw him when he was like at the top of his shit, you know, with the hands and the mm-hmm. lighter, and I mean, he looked thin. You know, he, he was focused, and uh, it was a spectacle to behold. But I was never like a, a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Nothing against him. wasn't you know a sexist thing or anything else. It just seemed very simple to me. But I, I, I knew he was a unique performer. Yeah. And then, you know, years later, like when I went back to the store like a year or so ago, I, I, I hadn't seen him in years, and he comes in. And, you know, it had been, I just watched, a, you know, a dozen fucking comics that are interchangeable. You know, that, you know, that, 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 yeah. whatever. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not mentioning names. I'm not even saying it is a bad thing. But, you know, a lot of guys, they, you know, they, they're young. They, they have what they have. And then he gets up there, and he's not doing any of his shit. He's heavier. You know, he looks different. He looks beefy. He's not putting on any uh, effect. And he just did like 40 minutes about going to Staples, and I thought, it's fucking hilarious. It was, it was like finally a guy with gravitas gets up there. You know, he knows yeah. what he's doing. But he's not doing any of that shit. And then he started to realize what a unique kind of vision he has. He's got a very specific way of looking at things because just picturing him having you sit on a couch is hilarious because you know he would do that and, and completely seriously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what would you pick up from that experience? Uh, I mean, did he ever? you ever get off stage? He's like, oh, look, you know what you're doing up there? Uh, I did get off stage early once because I was rattled by oh, the crowd. And, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, you th- th- these crowds were, you know, we're going to Tacoma, Washington, and the, the, his fans are like, they yeah, don't want to see, yeah. don't want to see anybody but yeah. him. Yeah. So I did get a little rattled off, uh, you know, from some people screaming at me. I don't know. It was very inaudible, but yeah. it was at the time where I'm like, oh, God, I'm, you know. So I, I think I, I bailed maybe two minutes early than oh, I was really? supposed to. And he got really, you know, he told me, he's like, you know, you know, you do your time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what the hell are you getting off stage like that for? You know, so it was like you That's know, a horrible feeling. Yeah, <laughs> no, and you know, it 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 really. Uh, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about performing in front of large groups of people, violent people. Um, <laughs> you know, going on the road with a comedian, and and you know, like he didn't have me do any of like the other stuff. He had like a bunch of guys, like you said, like a crew that would. How many comedians on the show? Uh, it was just me and him. Oh, really? And then he would have like a like a, a road manager, right? And he'd like maybe send the road manager mm-hmm. to do like weird stuff, like stuff that I I, I didn't do. I, I you're didn't. lucky then. You're good. That's yeah. Good. He had some, enough respect uh, yeah, for you not even, to go out and get the soda. Yeah. He even said, you know, he 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 don't do that. He don't do that. Like so, I guess he knew that I <laughs> wasn't like that. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like what? Like there's got to be some other stories about being on the road with that guy. Oh yeah, it was shot. It was, it was it, it, in a nutshell shopping. Yeah, and it, and the dress like just like he would go out. I, I I was shocked. Like at the airport, I thought maybe like I I didn't know when the outfit came off. 
I'm what like, was okay, he wearing? Friend. The jacket and the glasses? Oh, the whole the gloves. Oh, really? The oh, shorts. Yeah. To the airport. Come, doesn't come off. No. Doesn't come off. <laughs> he was wearing, I think he was wearing knickers when he came up here. <laughs> <laughs> there was some sort of capri pants. I could, what, are you going to argue with him? Oh, God. No, he would fly first class, and mm-hmm. then he would tell me, you know you're flying last class, right? Last class. Yeah, whatever. So I would go in the back. He would go up front, and then we'd meet at the gate. <laughs> I just picture anytime I think of him standing anywhere, just standing, yeah, you know, as who he is now, it's funny. And I don't know how is he aware? Yeah, uh, because there's that. He's that, aware. He knows what he's doing. He's caddo. I mean, there's that moment where you like, you know, he wears all this shit and he does this thing. It's like I look good, you know. Yeah, yeah but. He, he, he's sort of, uh, he looks funny. He fu- looks funny. He knows that, right? Yeah, he's got to. He would hope. So <laughs> so that's a, a hell of a fucking experience. Yeah, no, it was fun. He was good to me, and we had a good run together, and uh, I asked for a raise, mm-hmm. which that was frightening. After how long? About a year. I said, Dice, listen, uh, I, I think I need more money. And he's like, a raise? He goes, you know what you ask for and what you get are two different things. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, okay, whatever. I go, I just, I'm losing money going on the road here because I make, I was making more money at the Four Seasons, right? But I looked at it as this is a great opportunity, right? But you know, he was gracious. He gave me a raise, and what well, did that signify? The end of your employment at the Four Seasons? No, I worked there. You would another... just take nights off to go open for him. Yeah. Jesus Christ, you got that fear, huh? Yep. You're not you're not one of those guys. No. That, you know. I was never a guy. Let me sleep on your couch. Yeah. I was never that. I it's too I, filthy, right? Clean. <laughs> I don't sleep at anybody's place. <laughs> I always wanted to have enough. I, th- this is my parents. Is, my parents instilled? Do you have health insurance? Like I, I'm the guy who's paying for health insurance through you know through this this whole thing through the waiters uh, that get you a deal over there. Nothing. No, no, I paid out of pocket. Mm. You know, the, the responsibility. Right. That's how I grew up. Everything yeah. needs to be taken care of. Right. Health insurance. Bills need to be paid. No late fees. That, that's that's interesting. So you were never the, 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 the kind of comic who was like, fuck it, man. No. not You're not in debt? No. No? And you got did, good credit. I did that. I got great credit. Look at that. I did that once. I did that once. I decided I'm going to try something else. I'm going to sell satellite dishes out of the out of the actually it was the ghetto it was the Baldwin Hills Mall and a kiosk. I was mm-hmm. going to sell Dish Network satellite dishes, and I uh, I I faltered there for a year. I was making no money selling satellite dish to people in the ghetto. Uh-huh. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the only time that I was slipped. before or after the four seasons. That was during. I, I was getting sick of waiting tables. This is two thousand two, two thousand three. I was getting sick of waiting tables. I, I go, I'm going to do Dish Network. And I'm going to go on call at the Four Seasons, and I'm going to do Dish Network. Well, Dish Network didn't pan out, so I went back to the Four Seasons. And That's a commission sales? Yeah. 100 bucks a sale. Nothing. Nothing. I had people coming up to me. I said, I need a credit card number. A guy, guy wrote down seven numbers on a piece of paper, and he said, that, that's that. I go, what is this? I need a card, guy. I was getting calls from my house. I had a flyer with my home line on it. Mm-hmm. And- People would buy the service and they would call me at two, three o'clock in the morning. Not working. Not work. I said, "What? The the, the dish? It ain't working." And, and uh, one woman called me and she says, "I'm not getting CNN." Uh, I go, "Well, it's a different. It's a different uh, channel. It's two hundred. 
So I you're hear actually, the phone. You're, you're actually letting them, you're engaging. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm doing customer <laughs> service, three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That's what you went to college for. <laughs> what the college for, corporate communication. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell her to push 200 and I hear boop, boop, boop. She's using the phone as the remote. No. I go, oh my God. <laughs> so I stopped, I stopped taking calls after that. But that was like, that was probably one of the worst years of my life because I, w- I went into debt. Yeah, I did, I did. and you weren't getting the gigs, and I wasn't getting the gigs. Well, you just started headlining recently, right? Two thousand five, I quit the job. What to do? Okay, all right. To, but you were a feature primarily, or when you... I didn't, I didn't do feature road work. No, I didn't. I didn't do a lot of that. I just <clears> did a lot of in like comedy store stuff, Laugh Factory stuff. I didn't go on the road and 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 put in feature time. Yeah, uh, I two thousand five, I started getting a lot of corporate stuff. Yeah. Well, you're clean. Did, was that part of the reason you would stay clean? Um. Well, you're after I started, not, getting, I guess to, on on all levels, you're just not a dirty guy. No, there's not. <laughs> you didn't fit, no, fit literally and mentally. Yeah, I actually I showered and I put cologne on I to know, come here. I know. I noticed so. that. <laughs> I, I, I'm. I always notice that about you. I'm like, holy fuck! When you get on stage, I'm like, Jesus! You really puts himself together, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you do it. You do that whole thing about shorts. I mean, I remember that. I was with my girlfriend in the main room, and you were going, who the hell wears shorts? What kind of man? Isn't that? Yeah. yeah. Ooh. <laughs> and I'm like, he really doesn't wear shorts. Like, and then I tried to picture you in shorts. I'm like, ah, it's not going to Doesn't happen. work, man. Doesn't work. <laughs> what? Didn't grow up with shorts. <laughs> what do you mean he didn't grow up with shorts? It's just, I don't know. It's It doesn't, it doesn't, uh, shorts are for working out or whatnot, but I would never wear shorts to go to dinner. Right. It's just not my thing. Flip flops, yeah. the whole thing. It's just not where I'm at. Yeah, it's like slacks. What do you? What, what do you? What do you, you go to the beach? What do you? What do you I don't wear? even like the beach. Sand. It's too dirty. Then it gets in the car. Really? Yeah, no, I'm not a beach guy. I didn't grow up on the beach. I, you know. Well, I understand that. But I mean, you went to Sicily. Come from water people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It's nice to hang yeah, out but, there. Were you a freak in your family? Did your parents say, "Jesus, what? How come this kid is so clean?" I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did you? Your father's in the hair. In the hair business, he's got to be a bit of a, uh, a little bit of a, uh, a character. You know, he's working with hair. I oh think. yeah, he had a ponytail. He had a, he had a bald yeah. Man. You wouldn't have a ponytail, right? So he's bald with a ponytail. Bald, yeah, yeah, bald with a ponytail. That's for classic. A while. That's yeah. yeah that's and, classic. and how'd that how'd that play? Well, my mother hated it. Yeah, and you know, always thinking, what do you? Because my dad thinks he's. He still thinks he's young. Guy right. thinks he's you know thirty three years yeah, old, right. and he's you know does hair. Mm-hmm. He's around women all day. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know he had the ponytail for a while, and then so uh, that's how you rebelled. You were just you were everything was organized. Everything <laughs> was organized. It was, it was not fuck you. It was like stay out of my room. I want to clean. Yeah. <laughs> Ma, don't clean. I got the bed. I don't even like. I don't even like like the maids cleaning my room when I go on the road. Come I, on. Every, oh, everything is tight. <laughs> you make your own bed on the road. Yeah, oh. I do. <laughs> that's a little nuts it's weird it is weird Everything do you have a girlfriend or anything yeah you do <laughs> how do you manage that um she's not as clean as me <laughs> but she'll probably argue that she is but no she's not as clean as me i don't know something about making the bed i make the bed every morning every morning it's not it's nothing like getting into a nice fresh bed at night no i get you i get you but i mean it took me a long time in relationships with you know, especially with, with women it's just sort of like I, I'm a little bit of a control freak. I wouldn't say I'm clean. You know, I stack things. You know, you, the, I'm a little unstacked right now, but you'll notice on the table, not clean, but things are in piles. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's my version of it. There's that's a pile. I don't know what's in the pile, but it's 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 in order. But if you have to look for something right now, do you know where it is? Vaguely. I mean, it depends what it is. 
What are you going to test me? No, no. I'm oh. just looking. I'm just looking around. Like I know somewhere in a box down there, there are, there are videotapes of me from the '80s. I know that. So if I need that, okay, yeah. Great. Well, they're uh, labeled. Yeah, those. Well, I, I didn't give do you that. that. I had a someone did that. <laughs> I, I oh did, God! Some, no, I had <laughs> someone come in and organize. That's interesting. When is, when did you get an assistant? When did you say, "Hey, it's time. I need somebody to help me." Well, well see, I tend to do everything myself. And then you, you start to realize, like, oh, holy fuck, I can't. Do you like relinquishing the responsibilities to somebody else? Well, no. Since, since yeah. you're a huge control freak. Well, I'm not that huge a control freak. I just, like, I get overwhelmed and I, I like to, you know, at some point you got to compromise. You're going to have to put your trust in somebody to get some shit done. And and if you know what the tasks are, I'm not saying, like, could you go, uh, you know, could you write these checks for me? Could you, here's my bank card. You know, here's your credit card. You know, go do this. I'm not at that level. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I'm not doing that. I'm like, do we have to mail shirts out today? Did you follow up with so-and-so to see if they can do the show? It's, it's pretty rudimentary stuff, but it's stuff that when it's out of my way, you know, I can put more energy in other shit, Got like it. tweeting. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of, I still do all my own tweeting. I do all my own Facebook updates. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I still, uh, you know, I, I do my own writing. I don't have any of that, you know, but she, it's, it's just, if you can figure out some specific things that they can take off your plate without making you crazy, you can do that. Okay. Why you need one? I, we tried one and uh, it just didn't work out. We didn't have enough work. Well, that, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. You know, I get so much shit going on here. Like if, if she wanted to say like, I'm just going to organize this stuff that, that could be a year's salary. Right? Go look at this place. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and then all of a sudden you get the, you know, it's like, how much do I owe you? I'm like, holy fuck, really? What'd you do? And then you look at the boxes they're labeled. And I'm like, oh, okay. You, you labeled the boxes and put stuff in there. No, I mean, look, what did you have or what did you need them to do? What well, were you so worried it, about? It was a shared thing. My, my girl is an artist. and, and, and kind of artist? Uh, does large scale contemporary art, modern art. Painting? Yeah, painting. You, you were dating a painter? No. You live with her? Mm-hmm. No shit. A studio in the house. She paints and she's good. And she sells? Yeah, she's got a gallery at uh, Rose Arc. No kidding. Uh, Rose Arc Jewelry. See, now that she's... is one of the messiest fucking professions in the world. And that's a whole other form of creativity. Got her own little spot. <laughs> the paint don't leave that room. Okay? Do you say things like, did you check your shoes? You... <laughs> well, I say... You know what? Maybe we should, because she leaves it kind of messy in there. That's uh, her space. Sure, it's, but, she's a painter. What do you want her to be like you? <laughs> what is she gonna do? She, did you close all the tubes up? Are yeah, the brushes? Are there any brushes we, out? Yeah, maybe we should soak the brushes, put away the cans. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, she's got her own little spot. So we thought maybe we need an assistant and we'll share. But you know, it just it you know doesn't. I don't know. I I, I it, the place is so neat. She's like, what do you want me to do? You know, everything's organized. Right. The problem I had is she 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 made her she brought her own food, and she cooked it in the microwave, and it'd get like a stench in the house. The assistant did. Yeah. Uh huh. I don't know. Yeah. No, that was bringing it. over chili. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're gonna reheat it in the thing. You know, dried goods, oh, yeah. sandwich, <laughs> chips, nothing with stench. So uh, it's too much, man. Uh, you, I tell you, your your girlfriend must be a real trooper, <laughs> <laughs> or she must be frightened all the time of her own footprints. <laughs> I, can't, I don't know how you do it. Oh God! So now the how'd you get in in cahoots with uh, with Vince Vaughn for that thing? Uh, Dublin's Comedy Club, or but that Dublin. was that scene, yeah, yeah. And I got on the tail end of that, and I met Ahmed was Vince Vaughn's roommate. 
I'm at a Meds comic. I've had him on. Now, that for people listening, the Dublin thing was a bar on Sunset. And that kid, Jay, uh, Davis. Jay Davis, used to book this. It was like a half comedy show, half dance party or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck it was. It yeah. was not my bag. But that's like Dane Cook sort of built his yeah. momentum out of that. Yeah. So I did it a couple times. It was one of those things where I'd be backstage looking out there. I'm like, there's no fucking way that this is going to go anywhere but badly. You know, it was just, it was like this clusterfuck. I mean, you had to fight for their attention. From yeah. the, am I recalling it correctly? Yeah, I know, absolutely. It right. was almost like every night was spring break there or yeah. something. Totally, totally that vibe. And that's Did where, you do well there? I did good. I didn't do fantastic, but I did good. I, right. I guess I held their Got attention every once in a while. Yeah, right. yeah But, yeah. you know, small stage. I'm not really a huge fan of small stages. I got to move around and kind of confine. But, uh it was all right. It was good for what it was. I mean, they had like a lot of celebrities pop in. Yeah, and, it was a hang. It was like it was, a big yeah. thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that's where Vince Vaughn hung out every once in a while. And um, we all kind of met. And in uh, 2005, he called me up. Or he didn't call me. People called me up and said, uh, you know, he got a tour bus. He wants to go and do 30 cities and 30 nights across the country. And... At the time, I'm working at the Four Seasons. I had to get a month off to, to go do the tour. And uh, and we made a like a little documentary out of it, right? And, and and again, this is I'm thinking this is it. This is my break. You thought that with Dice. Now you think it with Vince. Yeah, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, thousand thousand uh, uh, theaters it's opening up in. And I thought, boom, you know, you know people are going to go see it. And yeah, whatnot. it's only a few years ago, right? Yeah, it's two thousand uh, two thousand eight. It actually right. came out. Yeah, and. Um, you know, you know, in my head, you know, you don't know. I'm just thinking this is like the biggest celebrity or, sure. or co- comedic actor yeah. of our time, right? And, and people are going to go see it. Well, it wasn't the case, but it's it's developed a a following over you know streaming and yeah. and, and DVD. Did you become friends with Brent, close with Vince? No, I mean uh, on the tour he was you know we we hung out so and whatnot. Tall, tall guy. He's really tall. Tall guy. Yeah. Tall Seems guy. like a nice guy. Med's a nice guy. Yeah. They're all they're great. We had a great time. I mean, I don't talk to Vince now. Not not that there's any Brett's a relatively there. nice guy. He frightens me a little bit. But Brett's uh, intense. <laughs> you don't know what the hell's going on with that guy. Brett's intense. So so now you did the what was an HB what'd you do? The Comedy Central Hour? Did the Comedy Central Hour before I did the half hour. I had the the hour shot already. Um Budweiser paid for my hour. Yeah. And uh, that's why I shot the hour because they paid for it. You happy they, with it? The the first hour? Yeah. It was okay. No, I don't know. I don't. I'm not really happy with any any of it. I mean, why? What do you do to you? Oh, see, you're. See, now we're getting at it. <laughs> what do you mean you're not happy with it? A lot of times I look back and and for whatever reason, the and I don't know if you feel this way, but if you ever look at yourself on a special or a TV show, for whatever reason, it's just it doesn't feel the same as it would if you were just at a club doing your stuff. I don't know. It just right. And I look back at it and I go, eh, you know, I'm a lot more looser than that. I'm, I'm just, oh right, you with know, the time thing. Yeah. yeah, it's just I don't know. I feel like. It always could be better. Right. And I'm never really happy with a lot of... Yeah. Uh, the be- I've learned how to accept... The only thing I know about me and looking back... Like, I'm, I'm, I don't, I still don't watch myself too much on TV. I don't really listen to these once I do them. But I can. 
because I get hung up like, you know, like I, I, if you just looked at my Conans over the years, like, you know, all 40 of them and the desperation involved in me dressing myself, I, I can't even, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how I showed up on Conan with, with leather pants once. I don't know. I don't know how I walked out with that decision. I don't know how I walked out, you know, because I didn't have clean socks. I wore white socks with jeans and you could see them because I crossed my legs. I don't know how that shit happened. I, I, there's shit that I look at of myself and I'm like, I decided to do that. I knew I was going on television, and I decided to do that. That haircut, those glasses, that sh- and it's, it's fucking horrendous. Well, this is more appearance you're talking about. Well, the, the, I, the, do you, what about the material? Well, do the you- problem with me is that my jokes you know, finish themselves over time. Like, I write on stage. So what happens is I'll have a chunk, and then it's, it's, I'll do it on panel, you know, or on stand-up, but it's not quite done. Then all of a sudden, the tag comes. I just put out a record last year, and uh, the the closing bit of the record has a great tag now. I mean, it's a fine story, but now it's got closure, and I'm like, fuck. Mm-hmm. You know, now that's yeah, you know, that, that's it. So I do realize that I am me. I mean, the one thing that I've learned is that I, I watch myself, and I'm like, well, I'm being myself. Yeah, that's the best I can hope for. Yeah, if something's not tagged right or whatever, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So you did the hour before the half hour. So you like the half hour better? Half hour, I do like a little bit better. Although the, there's a couple jokes on the uh, on the hour that I really really like, and I wish they were on the half hour, but that's okay. What's the half hour for? Uh... Half hour, they were both for Comedy Central, but Comedy Central doesn't or used to not allow you to do an hour before or a half. Yeah, hour. but now the fucking hour is the new half hour. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. It. it, it I mean, they call I mean, me up. They like you want to do an hour, and then all of a sudden I realize they're going to be sh- we're shooting hours in fucking San Francisco the week of, and I'm like, I thought it was a special. I mean, now it's just like, it's just a Comedy Central hour. I mean, fuck, you know, 10 years ago, it's like, I'm doing an hour special. Who, who the fuck does that? Everybody now. Everybody's going to do an hour? But what's special? I mean, what, what is what is the thing now? I mean, what what do you do? What what puts you on the map? I mean, you coming from out of the 80s, do you, <laughs> as far as like you started in the 80s. Dude, so what, yeah. like you did a Tonight Show. No. And that, wasn't that like uh, you were I, on the I map after first, that? No, dude. No? I mean, I did my first Letterman probably late. You know, I mean, I, I did my first Letterman in 90, probably 92, 94. Yeah, I started doing Conan when he started. But it did, like I talked to Bill Maher about this. This whole idea that, you know, you did The Tonight Show and all of a sudden, boom, you were selling tickets is horseshit. I mean, there's part of you that thinks like, well, there's only three channels on, so you got to have most of the countries watching that. But still, the one thing you can't manufacture is people liking you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can only do what you do. I mean, I did my Comedy Central half hour the same night that Mitch Hedberg did, and mine disappeared, and his made him. So, you know, whatever it is that's going to make people go, that guy, mm-hmm. who the fuck knows? I mean, that's the wild card of show business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you suck, you suck. But if you're talented and you got something, then, you, you know, the, 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 the project of finding your audience, who the hell knows how to do that? I don't fucking know. I mean, I was at the end of my rope. I'm talking in my garage and all of a sudden everyone knows who I am or at least the, the people that listen to this. Like, this is the biggest thing I ever did. I didn't, I didn't plan on this. And then this happened. But I do know that... It's the most genuine, it's the most honest representation of myself. Like I said, I've sort of been on this path to sort of figure out, you know, how do you get all of me? The one thing I think you're talking about that I, I relate to, and I don't know if you've experienced it, is like you see me in a live environment. It's a very different experience than you know, having a plan, you know, doing, you know, the cameras are there, you know, you're stopping and starting maybe, you know, you've got your set exactly. Mm-hmm. There's no, it's all very predictable. 
like my my half hour on HBO, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was you know, I didn't plan anything, and and people remember that at least. But there's some difference between the live experience and the television experience. Mm-hmm. But here, I, you know, they're going to get me for better or for worse. They're going to know me, whether they're laughing or not. I don't know, but they definitely know me. So when people say they like this, I'm like, well, then you like me. You know, yeah. I don't have a show. Like if they see a show and they're like, yeah, we like that. And I'm like, I didn't really do that great on them. <laughs> well, do you, you don't want to say that to people. Like, I really liked your hour. Yeah, I didn't like it. They, <laughs> they care for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, tried, I did my best, but it just didn't look good. But do you get the same type of excitement doing your podcast as you would doing a, a, a live performance? No, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, I'm basically talking to myself out here, or I'm talking to you, or I'm talking to somebody in that chair. I mean, when I do stand-up, that's still the shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, but now the fact that people are coming out to see me, and I like in my, when I started, it was like, I got to be able to do comedy for anywhere. Anybody, anywhere. You know, and I, I spent a lot of years doing comedy for rooms full of strangers with four people that knew me. The saddest thing about being me one of them, performance-wise, is that I always had some loyal fans, but very few of them. Mm. So these poor people that, you know, I'd come to their town and they'd come thinking like, it'd be a big Mark Marin show. And then they realized they're really the only ones there, that they're the only Marin fans, you know, sitting there <laughs> among 30 people yeah. in a place that sees 200. <laughs> and they're sort of like, wow, we thought, yeah, don't tell me about it. You know, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to think that too, but <laughs> thanks for coming out. <laughs> We but, thought it was going to be bad. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They just think their experience is isolated because they're watching you on TV. Yeah. It's on TV. We'll go and they get there and they have that horrible look on their face like, what happened? Like, look, you guys are special, I yeah. guess. <laughs> but uh, no, comedy's still the thing. How are you drawing on the road? It's good. The Showtime special is bringing a lot, a lot of When did that? Out. Oh, that just happened. And uh, Showtime is airing it left and right, which is nice. It's uh, great. Yeah. And so then, that's really your break. Yeah, I, I, two two club dates I did, and and I'm seeing the difference in, in people. I mean, they're not uh, all sold out. Don't get me wrong, but I'm definitely seeing a lot more people coming out. From they the got show you running show. through those improvs, improvs. Um, you know, just in Austin at Cap City. So whatever, whatever. That's a comes big room. That's that's a, that's a nice it's uh, like a barbecue house. Yeah. Fucking picnic tables. <laughs> it's a giant fucking ceiling. It's like an airport hangar. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, I remember one. Time. The, the, here's the sad thing about uh, about the Cap City. I love that club, but there those uh, the the off nights, like the Wednesday and Thursday. We're just gonna do it in the front bar. You're like, All right, <laughs> but the front room is really a great little room. Yeah, so, like I, you can really get a you know that. It that, looks fun. Oh, it's great. It's like comedy store vibe. You know, everyone's right there. You got control over the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and the big room is a big room. Yeah, I'd like to go back there. That's pretty groovy. But yeah, I mean, you seem like sort of a. a, a it's interesting because you're about as far away from you know, whatever you're like a not an older style of comedy. Like the, you, you define to me, you know, you're part of the legacy of what the comedy store is and what comedy is. And then there's this whole alternative thing. And like to see you next to a guy with a beard who doesn't tuck his shirt in, I wonder. I, it's just it's two different things. And like, so what I want, who opened for you in in, in Austin? And were you like, Jesus, can't this guy comb his hair? <laughs> this is what we got now. Uh, <laughs> I just get like you like you you're so classy and I just know that half of the comics working out there today can't even put shoes on properly. And, Why? I don't understand. I can't I can't get over it. People are like, well, you're funny, you don't look funny. Well, look funny. You ever work with the beards? Mm, every once in a while I get a beard. There's a beard that comes through town every once in a while. 
No, you're not going to find you're not going to find a guy who's you know as clean as I am. No, I get that. But I get that. Uh, you know, you take what you can get. If they're funny, they're funny. No, no, of course. I know. I, I know that. But it's just very funny. I just to picture you like you know maybe uh, like you and Brendan Walsh on a bill, just this beard and t-shirt, and it's like there's a the night and day of it. it but that's part of your whole shtick. That's I don't know. It's just part of who I am, I guess. I don't and know. so no more uh, no more four seasons. No more four seasons. I left there two thousand five and I haven't gone back. Just making just you know, just making getting some by. money and getting by and paying the bills and you doing any uh you've been going out for T V and whatnot? Not as much. Uh, this year, I'm going to concentrate on that more. Yeah. Um, you know, all the, the years prior has been you know, auditioning and whatnot, but you never know in these auditions. And I, for a comedian, your validation, what you're doing is the laughter. You know, like if you get the yeah. la- and then when you're in your, in your room and the, there's, you know. It's, it's a little it's, cold. It's, it's a little cold. It hurts a little bit. So you got to get over that. It's horrible just to see, you know, a producer, a director, a casting person, then, you know, people you don't know. Why are you in here? Got <laughs> the guy at the camera. You're reading with somebody that's not putting anything into it. And yeah. you're reading sometimes the th- the fucking thing about about those things is that you're reading jokes that are bad. And like you spent your life writing jokes that you can tell that you believe in that are good and then they, they want you to just kind of plop these poops out of your mouth at somebody yeah. who, it's, oh, it's, it's so tough hard. man but you're fairly specific never got any uh, no, any no, mob parts nothing no. i went out i went out for a part and how i met your mother and they wanted a, a dice like guy yeah and i'm thinking if i don't get this <laughs> i'm gonna take the corporate communications degree and <laughs> yeah. go get a job right so i went in and and i did the lines and i thought i did great and i and i didn't get it so i left out of town and as soon as I leave out of town, they call me. The guy that they hired dropped out, and they wanted to oh, hire yeah, me course. for a two-liner. Right. So it's kind of almost like the Hollywood story. And you'd have to cancel a gig. I couldn't cancel. No. It was a corporate thing, and I was like, "What are these corporate things? What do you? I mean, you do a lot. You make a lot of bread on the corporates. The corporates is a. It's good. Yeah. How does that work? You I mean, go, generally, what do you do? Generally, I, I don't do them. Like, I'm not the right guy. I did one last. Oh, I did a fundraiser for uh, a library. Mm-hmm. Basically, you go in. It's a banquet hall. Uh, you know, they have a dinner, and then they have the entertainment. Anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour, 30 minutes it's to 45 you. minutes. It's me. It's you go up cold. Go up, uh, they had an opener for this one. And then the last one I did in Miami for a, a company called Prime Source, They, uh, I just went up and did about 40 minutes. In All clean. All clean. But do they do the thing where it's sort of like, could you make fun of so-and-so? He's the guy that does the thing, and this is our human resources person. Yeah, you get that every once in a while. I don't. I never listen to it. Uh, not that I never listen to it. I just pick out people in the audience, and you know, it's just like a club. If it happens, it's fun. You can't. You can't go on a specific guy and yeah. go. So I hear you do the accounting. You know, it's it doesn't sound right. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like, what do you do here? And then you and make you go fun with of it. Yeah. And they love it. They love it when you start making jokes about the people that work in the environment. You ever do music shows? You ever open for music? A lot of music acts when I was with William Morris because they. Uh, that represented a lot of music, so I used to go. That's a hell gig, right? Yeah, I, uh, I did all soul performer Al Green. How how they match you up with that? I I told him I go send me out on these music acts because I didn't want I didn't want to work at the Four Seasons. I go whatever you got, whoever needs an opener, I'll do it. They sent me out for Anita Baker, uh, uh, Al Green, um, 
God, what's his name? The guy that sits down and plays the band. I can't believe I can't remember his name. The blues guy. Oh, BB King. BB King. You open for BB. BB King in Las Vegas. Yeah, and that was, it was these were tough acts because you you literally come out. I'd introduce myself because there was no union guy to introduce me, so I'd have to you know introduce myself, come on stage. How's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? BB will be out in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you have to explain why you're there. And although the black rooms now, not opposed to when I when I, when I first started, now they they really gravitate to what i'm talking about yeah you can yeah, get it yeah and but but when you were opening for solo acts it was tough no but when i when i did the northern illinois university gig when they right. were screaming for me but uh it took a while for them to find out what was going on with uh you know these these um music acts the the crowds but after a while they they they, they got it do you feel like there's a difference between a black audience and a white audience i don't or? treat them different at all i just do my thing yeah um but you it's know a confidence thing though really yeah they they they, the black audience senses um If you're scared. sitting there going like, oh, he knows he's in front of a black audience. Yeah, I don't do that. <laughs> I just go out there and let's let's talk about everyday it's everyday stuff I'm talking about. I'm not it's not right. groundbreaking material. No, no, no. no this no, is no, everyday no. stuff. Yeah. You don't have a, a an act where you talk about growing up as a black guy? No, I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have that. Maybe I should start writing in on that. My mother. <laughs> So have your parents, uh, they, they're good with you now? They, they, do they believe it? My parents were always 110% behind me on this. But nervous, maybe? I mean, uh, I, they were. They had to be. Yeah. But they weren't like, you're not going to do this. Yeah. Um, but my parents recently got divorced. Really? So now I'm going to start talking about a little bit more personal stuff that I'm dealing with really? as a 38-year-old guy having a 66-year-old mother date online. You know, Is she okay with it? You don't know yet. It's all right. She's not here. Not, <laughs> Just don't do it on TV yet. B believe me, she'll be listening to this. <laughs> yeah, what, what were you on? Yeah. A podcast. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Tell me when you're on the television. <laughs> no, she listens to everything. Oh, yeah? But no, it's, you know, like I was just over there yesterday and she's, you know, we're going through her match.com hits and all oh, my shit. You know, it's like, I didn't think I would be here. I thought my parents were going to grow old and die together. Yeah, what the, I mean, they divorced after what, 30, 40 years of yeah, marriage? Yeah, 30 some odd years, yeah. Just had enough? Well, my father, you know, uh, veered off the path of monogamy and. Uh. Uh, he fell yeah. in love with another woman, I really? guess. Really? Yeah. And he copped to it? Mm-hmm. Or he got well, caught? Well, he, he got caught. Oh, awful. He got caught and- uh, That's heartbreaking. My dad did the same thing. Did he? Oh, but, yeah. but But later on in life? life? I used to, I tried to do a joke about that. I used to say this thing about, uh, I'd say, you know, I I got problems, but I, I really think it was because I just never you know, really got over my parents' divorce. And I, said, I was 35 and- uh, <laughs> It's true, though. I don't know how you... I, I'm... You know, it's tough. I'm sorry. For my mother to be dating at this age, it's a tough thing. I mean, did your mother dating? I, well, I, well, yeah. And, and uh, it's weird uh, because, like, like I, I don't feel, like, incredibly close to... Like, I, I was a little detached from the whole thing. You know, like, I didn't see my role in it. Like, I didn't rush to anyone's rescue or anything. I was out of the house. I was in my own shit. Okay. And the shit hit the fan. And I think that in retrospect, I could have been a little more sensitive to the struggle that my mother went through. I mean, because, you know, the old man's going to be him. You know, they're just going to find someplace warm to sleep, and they're fucking fine. They're dudes. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you got your mother wandering around, never been fucking single. Yeah. You know, trying to, you know, get, you know, get a new house, living, you know, meeting these fucked up old men. I mean, that's the scariest yeah. thing. When she tell me about that when she was dating, she's got a dude she lives with now. He's all right. But at first... 
uh, you know, I was on stage once and they came, they came to see me. I said, my mother's here and that's the guy who's fucking her. And like, <laughs> oh God. Oh, it was a little rough, but I, <laughs> but I mean it was true and it was funny and he didn't he was uncomfortable about it. But let's get it on the table. But uh, but when she told me about the dating thing, you know, because a lot of these dudes, the dudes at that age, when they get older, I mean, a lot of them either they're widows or they're divorced and they're like, you know, they want to live it up. And these are old guys. You never like the shit that I heard about. The, they're just weird mm-hmm. because like a lot of them didn't live. Like, she's down in Florida, which is just a clusterfuck of freaks. Mm. You know, people that worked their whole life, and now all of a sudden they retire, and they're like, now I can live. And you're like, well, you're too old to, to fucking do anything. Do. Yeah. But just weird stories, and, you, you, you know, losers. and Yeah, it's difficult. But she she got a good guy, and he loves her, and That's they're okay. That, How, she's just new to it, your mom? Well, I mean, yeah, it's just two, three years, and she just moved out here last year. So she's here. So she's here. I got my sister out here, so my sister has a little baby, so my oh, mom- Oh, that's nice. Yeah. All it, right. We got like a little family going right. out here now. My father's still in Chicago. But, you know, I got my mother, uh, you know, you know, going out with guys now. Yeah. So- I don't know how to date. I mean, I'm a comic. I'm like, you like me? All right, I think it's good. And then you, that's it. You know? <laughs> like, I, but you, you seem like a guy. You dress uh, up I'm, for things. I'm, you... I'm, I'm a big day. I, I'm the king of dating. Yeah. Oh, I love dating. I mean, I like the actual date. Do you like, like what is it about? How do you date? Just going do you date? out. Is there ex- rules? Just going out and experiencing stuff and like seeing, food, feeling it out, the right? Food and the thing and the yeah. And the, the, Taking the girl to a place that you know of that she's not familiar of, and uh-huh. show you know just she oh, yeah. looking. I'm I'm into that. I'm huge in. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's nice, man. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's nice. I mean, I don't like. I can't really remember you know real dates. Every date I've been on was just a nerve wracking mess. Like, you know, so you're the kind of guy. Maybe you go on a couple of dates before you have sex with somebody. Or, I mean, I know you're with somebody now, but yeah, back yeah. in the day, yeah, maybe not it, have sex. It wasn't about that. For yeah, me. yeah. It, it was like you know, if we do, we do. If not, you know, right, right. But it was more about like the experience. Oh, good for you. Than than uh, like, oh, I'm, I paid two hundred dollars. I'm not getting in your pants. I never understood that. You, you you hear guys like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna drop this much and I'm not gonna get anything. Right. Well, then what are you doing? To go pay for it then. Right. For me, it was more like let's go out, enjoy the night, just, you know, see where it takes us. Old school, listen Old to you. School. So yeah, that means you you actually made decisions around whether or not you're you're compatible with somebody, as opposed <laughs> to just jumping into bed with some freak that you can't get rid of for a year. <laughs> yeah, you're you're an odd comic. You're, you're oh, God, <laughs> am I in the right business? Yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> you're doing good. You're doing good. So you helping your mother at least? You're saying I don't know about this guy. <laughs> well, yeah, me and her, we don't trust nobody. Okay. So it's like we we ripped the guy to shreds. And I go, this guy, this I go, there's three or four different things he said in the beginning of his profile that made it look like love, public affection, love cuddling. I go, this guy's a pervert. That's yeah. all he wants to do is get in your pants. Delete the profile. <laughs> she listened to you. Uh, she she laughs. Yeah, she laughs because she knows she thinks the same way. Yeah, and is she having some? Is she having a, starting to have a good time with it? Anyways, well, I mean, yeah, she's putting herself out there. Yeah. It's not a. It, it's not about for her finding another husband or right. another. It's just about finding a someone, companion, someone, someone to hang time with. with yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's happy. She's, yeah. she's got a new life out here. She's doing great. She's got a granddaughter. She's That's got good. her kids. That's good. It's all. What good. about the old man? You, old man is you, you know, talk to him. Yeah, no, me and me, we're tight. Yeah. We are tight. I mean, granted, whatever he did, yeah. is, well, yeah, what is, you, you know, what are you going to do? But I mean, you I'm like not, her? Uh, 
It's not that I don't like her. She's right. very sweet, very but, nice. But yeah, but on it, some level. But it's like, you know, she's the kind of the reason Disrupted why the thing. Disruptive. So it's yeah. like, you know. But, but he's happy? He's happy. As long as he's happy and she she takes care of him, she takes care of him. They're all good. Everything's good, good now. Good. Yeah, it's, it's, right. it's a good good thing. Well, it was great talking to you, man. Thank and you. And I wish Thanks. you the best of luck. Thanks for having me on and uh, all the best to you as well. Thanks for the chocolate, buddy. You got it. That's it, people. That's our show. That was uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. Hell of a name. That's why he's using primarily the first one. Hope you enjoyed that. Please go to my site. Hold on. Pow! Wow, I just shit my pants. Justcoffee.coop. Available at WTFPod.com, along with a lot of other things. Amazing t-shirts and posters. You can see the episode guides who's been on the show. You can get on the mailing list. You can check my calendar for those dates that are coming up, uh, i.e. the uh, August 17th and 18th dates in Victoria, B.C. You can check out all the upcoming Trippany House at the Steve Allen Theater dates coming up. That's at WTFPod.com. You can do all that. I'm sweating in here. I'm fucking sweating. <laughs>